All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I felt it was important uh, to bring on the uh, captain and uh, Global Threat uh, Solutions with what's happening as far as Ukraine and Putin. I think it's very important. Global Threat Report uh, is a 100% military veteran-owned security investigations firm talking about Global Threat Solutions firm. Uh, headquarters right here in Suffolk County, also offices in the city, Miami, L.A., Frankfurt, Mumbai, overseas. Uh, the captain, with his 21 years of law enforcement intelligence experience, served as a military intelligence officer uh, in the Middle East. Great company. Global Threat Solutions, uh, call them. Contact them today. For peace of mind in uncertain times, you go to the website, learn more. Great website, globalthreatsolutions.com. You make a phone call, 646-946-6649. Uh, the aforementioned Captain Ken Bombay. Sir, thanks for coming back with us. Morning, Jay. Thanks for having me on. You know, I thought it was important to get you because I, I said earlier in the week that I see a turning point here, and not for the better, uh, for the worse. And I say that because Putin on Wednesday, I think it was Wednesday, he declared martial law, uh, Cap, in the four illegally annexed regions of Ukraine. And with that, you know, you have a lot of fear growing that a nuclear weapon may be detonated. I'm talking over the Black Sea here. So he he made this announcement while chairing a, a meeting of his, um, I think it was his, uh, of his security council, you know, via video link. And, uh, you know, what frightens me is the Federation Council were overstamped the decree. So, you know, you couple the martial law, uh, delegation as well as what's happening uh, with the annexation here. He's trying to clear the area and, and that only s- signifies to me something of a nuclear weapon that could uh, be in play here at Detonator, no? Yeah, I mean that's the, that's the ultimate fear, Jay. You know, we have these four areas that Vladimir Putin had this sham referendum election and said that now these are Russian territory. Now, he knows that's a sham, and the rest of the world does, but it gives him, at least in his own mind, the ability to say this is now Russian territory. So anything, any offenses committed here or any aggression by Ukraine in this area, it's as if they're attacking Russia and violating our territorial integrity. Those four areas are Luhansk, Donetsk, Zaporizhia, and Kherson. And one of those, obviously, is the area where they have the largest nuclear power plant in, in Europe. So the fear is now that he's going to say, well, now they've invaded Russia, which is ridiculous at, at face value, but that's what his justification is. And now we have signs, Jay, like you mentioned, of not only Russians fleeing Kherson, uh, which is, by the way, it's important because that's the only provincial capital, the, the one and only provincial capital that Putin's been able to take during this conflict, and he's clearly losing it conventionally because Ukrainians are pushing, pushing in and chasing the Russians out of there. So now we have Russians fleeing, and there's reports that within all the civilians fleeing, you know, pro-Russian civilians, we have Russian uh, officials, the people that he put in that area to run that province, he, they're fleeing too within the civilians, which would lead people to believe what you said. Is he, are the Russians all coming out of there because they know what's coming, because they know that he's going to take, um, he's going to escalate this. Um, and that escalate to de-escalate policy, and that's the fear. That's the ultimate fear we're facing right now, Jay. Yeah, well, that's it. And what really troubles me is, you know, you got about sixty thousand or so 
uh, people that they're trying to evacuate ahead of uh, you know an imminent attack. Uh, and uh, you know this is what it's come down to right now. Thus, what I say, kind of a turning point. You know, you have the uh, one of the UK officials meeting with Lloyd Austin, uh, UK's defense the minister, defense minister Ben Wallace. Uh, on a trip, he's probably in the nation's capital right now to meet with Austin, his counterpart here, to discuss security concerns in the context of the war in Ukraine. If something like that happens, that signals to me that there is something of uh, magnanimous proportions going on of what we just kind of uh, put out there. And, uh, you know, that's not a good thing at all here, when you think about it. But, you know, you kind of knew this was coming. You know, you you get these reports, Cap, where Russia right now is running out of money, running out of weaponry. They're getting help from Iran right now. You know, we talked about these death drones and everything else that have been given to them. Uh, you know, they're probably getting funded with China as well. You know, I mean, listen, Putin has rich, reached out to these dictators. So you kind of get a sense that he's being backed into a corner and thus having to revert to this type of stuff right now, which could be, you know, this is a world worldwide happening here. You know, you detonate a yeah. nuclear weapon, I don't care where it is, you know, it's that's trouble. That's trouble right now. So you kind of yeah. get a sense Putin's in some trouble being backed into a corner. Right. Uh, and a, and uh, Putin backed into a corner is a dangerous person, and he has significant capabilities, especially uh, with nuclear weapons that he has threatened since the beginning of this conflict. He's also, on another level, targeted so many, so much of their infrastructure, mostly power, that he's trying to create, it seems as if he's trying to create this whole new wave of refugees in Ukraine. You know, he really does launch this total war. And I remember in the beginning of this conflict, Jay, we would talk like, it would be a big deal if they hit a civilian target. Now, I mean, almost everything he targets is civilian. He's he's waged war against the Ukrainian people, not just the Ukrainian military. And we've seen that. So now we're going to have power outages as we go into this winter, which is very dangerous right now. We have Iranians in there. Uh, reports of them not only training Russians, but there's some reports of them actually helping them operate these drones, which would be a whole, would be an escalation in itself. And the fact that we're even considering some type of a negotiation with Iran concerning nuclear weapons is ridiculous. They're actively um, supporting this conflict with on, on Russia's side. So I think that, that any thoughts of trying to continue a negotiation for a nuclear deal with Iran should be thrown out immediately. They can't be trusted at any level. I think everybody would agree on that, except maybe this administration. I mean, what, um, what gets things. me is... Cap, what gets me is that Iran is siding with Russia here. I mean, it, you, it's plain and simple. Plain and simple. I mean, they're selling the country these uh, kamikaze drones. Folks, these are weapons yeah. that murder innocent people, that are murdering Ukrainian civilians. And what is the White House doing here? Well, you got a president making his 50th trip to Delaware to visit his favorite uh, basket of robins. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. You can't. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's I unbelievable here. And, and we're doing nothing about it. This is why I said a couple of days ago, you must get these two sides together. You get Zelensky, you get Putin. You're the president of the freaking the greatest power in the world. 
or at least we once walked. And you somehow get these two sides together and figure it out. Okay? You don't go off to Pennsylvania right now. You don't go off to Delaware right now. Okay? Especially when you got Ben Wallace here from the U.K. meeting with your Secretary of Defense. I'm telling you. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you, Jay, it's like they want to play it down, especially now leading up to the midterms, as if there's nothing to see here. We're literally at the brink of a nuclear war, potentially, with, with active threats. We haven't seen this. We haven't seen this, you know, since the Cold War, this type of behavior. And, it, you know, uh, President Biden's acting as if this isn't even uh, occurring. Like, you know, we get it. We have a strategy. We've been supporting the Ukrainians with weapons and money. This has escalated. We're in a very dangerous point in this conflict right now where we, everyone could see. I'm sure his intelligence advisors uh, are, are advising him and saying this is dangerous. He's now annexed these areas, does martial law. You have to read the signs that he's saying he made it very clear um, in a statement that these are now Russian territory and I will protect them with nuclear weapons if needed. He's ma- it's like he's laying out the the framework to justify using one of these weapons and this needs to be taken seriously and and we need to be like you said this should be all hands on deck right now um from the west and the world a diplomatic efforts to get these two countries together and say enough's enough we're not going to sit here and have a nuclear uh incident in eastern europe while we all sit on the sidelines and have done nothing if there's diplomatic efforts going on let us know about it because no uh, it shouldn't be secret and right now, nobody sees anything occurring as far as trying to bring this to a peaceful end or at least a pause for a while. A pause so level heads could come together and think of a solution to this. And I, I, don't, I haven't seen any um, official reports, but I have heard people talk about Putin having even already wanted to use nuclear weapons, and his people have talked him out of this. Now, I, don't, I haven't confirmed that, but I've heard it mentioned um, in, in some of the news shows that I've been watching. I mean, I, I wouldn't doubt that. I've said since the beginning, Jay, I think that, you know, the one thing we have going for us is there is, you know, he doesn't literally have a button that he hits. Um, and there is an infrastructure in place for them to use nuclear weapons. I'd like to think there's some people surrounding him over there that just are not ready to do that right now. And they're going to do whatever they can to realize that he's unstable or at least wildly aggressive and, and try and prevent him from using this and changing the, the entire uh, conflict right now in in a new level losing the war and this is his way out by saying you know what i've had enough i've had enough i mean that's really are you getting any reports i heard something where he could be operating out of some sort of bunker is that possible uh it's definitely possible and I, i would say one thing he definitely is operating with a heightened level of security right now, Vladimir Putin, having someone who has done this type of work for, for my entire adult life. Yeah, there's definitely no doubt that he has in heightened security, uh, and like when you're on a war footing. because And I'll tell you what that is. That's, that's not necessarily for the Ukrainian special forces. I'm sure that's a consideration. It's for the Russian people, Jay. They're protecting him against the Russian people because, because their, their lives have been turned upside down. So many people oppose what he's doing. Their children are being slaughtered over there in this conflict, this meaningless conflict that he's taken on as sort of a, a personal 
uh, mission of his to to reinstate the greatness of the former uh, Soviet empire. So I think that his security is in a very high. I wouldn't be surprised if on a daily basis he's in a very secure facility. And any public appearances he makes, I'm sure the security measures that are going in to do that are significant right now. Last one. If this thing is detonated, what do we do? What would be our first step if he happens to do this over the Baltic Sea? Right. So the thing with the nuclear threat is there's so many levels. It's not just like he used a nuclear weapon. There's so many levels of this. How many does it target? Um, does it actually target mainland Ukraine? And, and what's the fallout from this? How many people are actually killed from this or affected by this? Is there also does the impact of that nuclear weapon set? Let's hopefully this would be a low yield battlefield nuke or tactical nuke. Does it does it impact other countries where some of this in Eastern Europe? where the fallout actually impacts their countries. That changes things, because now, Jay, he may have just used a nuclear weapon against a NATO country, and then what happens? Then are we actually going to do what we've said we'd do since the beginning, and if a NATO country's attacked, we're going to act? I would tell you on paper, yes. Um, would we right now with this leadership in place? I'm not sure, Jay. I don't know. I'm not sure if it would just be more of the same, if it was uh, something that, you know, aside from maybe... Uh, a direct attack in a NATO country. But I think that any use of a nuclear weapon at any level, the world needs to respond. NATO needs to respond against him. So uh, to answer your question, I think there should be swift action taken, but I'm not so sure there would be. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. Uh, Speaking of Iran, by the way, the EU and the UK have separately announced new sanctions on Iran. Uh, which denies supplying Russia with these drones uh, that are used to carrying out these uh, deadly attacks, what we read about this week. And, you know, Iran has repeatedly said it hasn't been involved with providing kamikaze drones. They're lying, obviously, Uh, despite the evidence and everything else to the contrary. So, uh, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. I know the White House said something yesterday regarding Crimea, you know, that the Iranian personnel, military personnel, have visited there to assist with the operations targeting you know, the uh, uh, civilian infrastructure in Ukraine using these drones. So uh, they have the evidence there. You know, you you can't hide. They have the evidence. I don't know what they're denying, you know. Final thoughts. Jay, you know, I would add one thing about if you were to to take that ultimate step and use nuclear weapons. You know, the military, NATO and the U.S. specifically, we have lots of options. Just because he uses a, a tactical nuke, look, the last thing anybody wants is nuclear escalation. We can retaliate within Russia against military targets conventionally. We don't have to escalate this to a nuclear uh, within a nuclear uh, level. We could say we could then target within Russian borders military targets, um, and and even say the site symbolically where they launched that weapon. We could hit those conventionally to try to get this thing to a, a, a bring it back to a conventional level and not escalate it. Nobody wants to see that. Um, so there's a lot of options we have. It's just whether or not this administration would take those options. Uh, Cap, I'm going to hit you with one more thing, shifting gears a little bit, uh, to Uvalde, yep. where you had this police captain that tried to delay a law enforcement team from entering the classrooms to end that massacre over at the Rob Elementary. Uh, and unbelievable. 
And, you know, we read about this, uh, this Captain uh, Betancourt uh, who orders officers to stay out of the school in the initial response to the mass shooting back in May in Ovalde. No action was taken against the government or to help those trapped inside for more than an hour after he started firing. I mean, it is unbelievable. It, it really is. Yeah. You know, 19 kids, two teachers, is that what it was, who were killed here? And this recording, this is, a, this is an audio recording of Betancourt ordering this, um, what do you call it, the, the strike team, right? To right. wait an hour and ten minutes into this attack. Yeah. And all because this yep. guy thought that a more skilled team was on his way. Really? Is that what you're thinking? Can you imagine this? He, he was thinking that there would be a skilled, more of a skilled operation coming into play was on its way. So he waited 70 minutes. Unbelievable. I, yeah. I tell you, you, you know, you read this as a parent, I mean, it just makes it worse. It really does. Yeah. It makes I, it worse. I can't you know, imagine. We talk about the Parkland shooting and everything else where the guy will, you know, live out his days in prison and then not get death penalty. That made it worse for the uh, for the families. This and Yuval, I can't even imagine what they're thinking Yep, this is unbelievable because, Jay, it goes against all the protocol we developed from from really painful learning points in 1999 with Columbine. This is over 20 years ago. We've had a new policy in place nationally that we don't wait. We've already went through this process of we made those mistakes in Columbine. And, and in their defense, that was, you know, at the time, that was almost, it was, you know, there were some active shooter incidents dating back to like the 60s and even before that. But in the modern era, that was a new thing, that Columbine attack that we all experienced, the world was watching. We learned from that, and that's what you're supposed to do. These people, they opposed all the protocol that was in place. We don't wait. If there's one person, you have to go in. You don't just let, let children get slaughtered while you come up with the perfect plan. That's what we learned at Columbine. Oh, the SWAT team's coming. Yeah. You don't always have that luxury anymore. The SWAT team takes time, or an emergency service team like here in, uh, in New York. You know, you don't always have that luxury. You're not going to sit there. You know, you, the Army has a saying where it's like, a good plan today is better than a perfect plan tomorrow. Act. You have to take action, and that's what that whole protocol is based on. And they went against every part of that protocol and sat there and waited and waited while people were being killed. I, I have to say, I, I couldn't imagine that I wouldn't want to go in there. If I was a parent sitting outside while that's going on and they were refusing to do anything, you couldn't imagine you wouldn't want to go in and, and ignore everything they're saying when your child is in there in this situation. The problem is a lot of, no one knew what was happening. They were keeping a lot of that information quiet while these kids were in there being killed. It is unconscionable. To think about the actions of Joel Bentoncourt and Peter Redondo on that day. Unbelievable. Really is. It, it's, it, it, you can't make this stuff up. Uh, Cap and uh, Global Threat Solutions. Uh, go to the website, folks. Contact Global Threat Solutions today for peace of mind in uncertain times. And we have uncertain times right now. Go to the site, globalthreatsolutions.com. Make a phone call. Cap lands there. Any questions? At the air code of 646-946-6649. Can't thank you enough for coming on for a little 
Uh, bonus uh, dissertation on this. I felt it was important. As always, you come through. Uh, we'll talk to you next week, my friend. Great. Thanks, Jay. Thanks for having me on.